gentlemen, welcome to the football ramble. Uh, <laughs> Down a well this week. <laughs> <laughs> how are you all, gentlemen? Yeah, that was well good. Uh, I'm not too bad. And how are you? Grand. I'm, and I'm not too bad. That's the, that's a football chant. And how are you? I'm not too bad. Is it? Yeah. I've never heard it. Never and how it. are you? I'm not too bad. And how are you? I'm not too bad. And how are you? I'm not too bad. Is that a football Newcastle chant? Newcastle is weird, isn't it? <laughs> is I think a, it's a Spurs chant. Is that a football chant for when there's not much going on in the game? <laughs> yeah. Everyone has to ask each other how no, they are. No, because I would have heard it at Pompey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let me get straight on to the introductions. Uh, James or Jim is here. Hello. Unless you're um, uh, very confused, Pete Donaldson. Yeah, here. sorry, Peter. Hello. And uh, Lukey Moore is back from Bonnie, Scotland. I am back, and it's great to be back. Thanks yeah, for having me back. It's lovely to have you back. We we sort of weighed it up, and we thought, yeah, okay, yeah, we will have him back. I actually enjoyed the show last week. It was good to listen to it about being on it. It's very kind of you so, to say. I, yeah. I only wish I could experience the same, but I'm just too damn committed, Luke. That's true, yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Good point, actually, Pete. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, let's move straight on to the opening question, which is inspired by uh, a little story that happened recently. Apparently, Adebayor scored a goal on the weekend and celebrated. Um, uh, what, gentlemen, can you remember a particular c- a celebration that a, a player or manager, I'll throw that into the mix, did to goad opposition fans? We're going to start with you, Luke, because you're okay. itching. Um, well, that's just a scratch. Um, I... I <laughs> Ketz Byer's got to be mentioned. I know it wasn't yeah. really goading fans because it was to his own fans, but Ketz Byer did a legendary celebration where he like, ripped his boot off, booted the sponsorship board. He did, yeah. And then, and then like, like Pete was saying earlier, actually, Rob Lee had to stop him getting naked. Yeah, yeah he, he, he did go to take his sh- uh, shorts yeah. off at one point, yeah. didn't he? <laughs> and then when the ball came to him from the kickoff, he just booted it into the crowd. He was still so pumped up. <laughs> he, it was like he was possessed or something. He just mm. went psychotic. But that's not my one. But can I just say, actually, on the, on the topic of it, Ketz Byer, the um, the chant apparently it was uh, there was a, there was a chant oh Tamori Ketspire <laughs> no way yeah. <laughs> yeah no I've heard like they rock um, hey, still got it what about uh, my one's going to be um, <laughs> you could back in Ben Pompier in the um, yeah. what is now the Championship. Um, we went away to Crystal Palace, and I, I went to Celeste Park, and, and Sean Derry was playing for Palace, he used to play for Pompey. Oh. He's a bit of a combative character, as you probably mm. know. And he scored, uh, I think, oh, maybe he didn't even score, but anyway, it's still going <laughs> in the fans. He, he ran past the length of the Pompey fans, which at, at Celeste Park, the away fans always used to be uh, on, at the sideline, not behind the goals. Mm. I, was, I think they still are. I think it's, yeah. And he ran past them just with his hand to his ear, ran the whole length, just <laughs> massive <laughs> grin on his face, giving it some of that with the old uh, oh, can't yeah. hear you sort of thing. It yeah, never yeah, went yeah. mental, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not quite as mental as the Arsenal fans the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, bu- we're a bit of a more civilised bunch in the South Coast. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see, it's yeah. a debatable point at best. Pete? Um, Sunes, Galatasaray, the old oh, flag. Classic. Oh, classic. Oh, go on, remind us. Well, he ran on the pitch with a big Galatasaray flag and, it and planted it in the centre. Brilliant one, Pete. Of their biggest rivals pitch yeah. after yeah. they just pipped them to the league on the last day of the season, let's not forget. <laughs> It doesn't is, get much more. Do, I mean, that, I mean that it? that must polarise people. Let's say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you must be an absolute legend in Galatasaray to yeah, do that. Yeah. Can you imagine? Bloody yeah, well, yeah. Very good one. But a strong contender for the points. Well, I do want to go for Paul Gascoigne doing the old uh, the old pipe piper thing. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. an ex Newcastle. So the lesson about that the better. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, James. Well, I think Robbie Fowler obviously deserves a mention when he did his whole sort of snorting the touchline thing. A lot of people no, don't realise. He was realize doing a cow eating the grass. Yes. Eating the grass. A lot. I think a lot of people don't realise that. I think one of Robbie Fowler's family had a lot of problems with cocaine and stuff like that, and it was actually really... He really hated that Everton fans were saying he was a cokehead. It really, yeah. really bothered him. I, I didn't know that. A lot of, yeah, the wider context is a... 
that was quite an emotional thing for a Robbie fan, mm. actually. And, and uh, this doesn't really count as goading the fans as such, because it, it wasn't a goal celebration. Mm. But just well, make your own question. This is, uh, this is Jens, Jens, <laughs> Jens Lehmann. Come on, we'll make allowances for oh, Mad Oh, yeah, it's Jens. big Jens. Right. Get Mad Jens on. Yeah, and it's, it's been a while. Right, I think this was against Man United, and um, I think the... Earlier on, I think either Van der Sar or someone had like they'd, they'd taken a bit of time after they'd got a knock, right? And uh, Lehman was about to kick the ball out or something like that, and he, he was on the floor, right? <laughs> and he didn't get up; he just sort of sat there, like sort of grabbed his ankle, and he was making this face as if to go, "Ooh, ah, <laughs> ooh," just taking ages. It was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Such it. a twatty thing to do. You get Jens in there, absolutely cracking. Well, I've got. Um, uh, Jose Mourinho in the cup final mm, when he yeah. turned around to the Liverpool fans and put his finger to his mouth yeah. when, when Chelsea equalised but the other one and, and it was the first time for me personally that I saw a player do this obviously I know like you said Luke it's quite a similar celebration to what you were saying and, and lots of other people have done um, you know the same kind of celebration was when uh, Fiorentina were away to Barcelona uh, cup winners cup I think it mm. was rest in peace and Batistuta scored he equalised or maybe put them one up in the new camp, and the whole place just went silent. Mm. And he just turned around and like put his fingers against his lips like that, as if to say, "Oh, you're all quiet now." Kind of thing. And it was the first time I'd seen that celebration. You got to love Batagol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm going to give the points to Pete Dong. So oh right. yes, I got my flag out. <laughs> Bang! There you go. <laughs> right, right in the middle of this garden. feature. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, we've we've got to mention Adebayor. Um, Silly sausage. <laughs> That's what you said. Yeah. I, like, uh, you can't kick someone in the face <laughs> That's run, it. and then, stop then there, score <laughs> against your old club, run, run down the other end and antagonise the fans and just, like, <laughs> not expect something to happen. Yeah. I, I think that... <laughs> he, he meant to stamp on Fabregas. I thought he that meant was wrong. to stamp on Van Persie, <laughs> and he meant to go over there and go. None of the emotion. He that, meant to do all of that. Is he is he angling for a transfer to the WWE? <laughs> yeah. he, he just had such <laughs> a busy day. I mean, he, he scored a goal, and just before he got he, he, he scored his goal, he did that glorious bit of uh, skill, bro. Right down the oh, that was Pass it to Sean Wright Phillips, and Sean Wright Phillips just muffed it up completely. It was yeah. absolutely unplayable no. as well. It's just. It just shows what a player Adebayo can be when his head's right. Uh, <laughs> so I, to speak. I mate. would argue that his head is, yeah. isn't right. But I, I think the only thing you can sort of slightly say, you can't defend it, but you can say that he was getting a lot of jip. Yeah, yeah. No, he was. But you've you got to expect that. Yeah, just, the trouble is, though, the point was made that <laughs> if you're going to give it the big one as fans, then if they do turn around and go, well, we have some of this, is, is that fair? I, I, I just think whatever happens in between the, the corner flag, in, in, on the pitch, in between the lines and that... <laughs> you, you cannot say that, oh, that's inciting violence. No, it's not, because you are there to watch a football match, and whatever happens on the pitch, it's one person against 30,000 people. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see that as an excuse at all. I, I think no. whoever's chucking coins and chucking chairs no. and stuff... And brown, and bread brown, bread, yeah. brown, brown bread sandwiches, somebody remarked that's on so the... Uh, somebody yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a brown bread man. Yeah, I think I am as well, but... <laughs> Do you know what? I even got some brown pasta recently. Uh, yeah. Nice. Don't, don't throw that. It's yeah. sharp. Yeah, no, I wouldn't dream it. I'd Getting probably, his hair, wouldn't it? I'd, Im I'd imagine I'd probably eat it. Have you got any more stories like that? <laughs> <laughs> See, I've, I've been I'll to Arsenal... I'll email in, shall I? That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been to Arsenal on a borrowed season ticket before, and the person I was with had a pair at half-time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> What, a Full of fibre. A pair of unborrowed seasons. Did they have a, right? oh. Did they have a glass of a nutty shabli as well? <laughs> I, I, I just think that... The thing, about, the thing that that said to me about Adebayor is that 
it's clearly, and I've suspected it anyway, but it's clearly just all about him. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know he was annoyed that he got sold when he was away on international duty and that sort of stuff. He was spoiling for a move to Milan. It didn't work out. Sort of a similar way... Um, the old Rubinho thing, yep. yeah. he didn't really want to go to City. I don't think Adeboyle, that would have been his first choice, no. but he went there, and the bottom line is, you've got your move, you're off, you're, pay, you're getting paid loads more than you were at Arsenal, yeah. you just, you just got to start scoring, you I should be happy to score. The reason, because, you know, Mark Hughes even said, oh, the way he's been treated over the past 18 months, you've got to give him a bit of slack, but as an Arsenal fan, it's so frustrating <laughs> every year to have your big players being linked away and things yeah. like yeah. this, and then for Adeboyle, who'd barely been there, yeah. he'd been there 18 months at that time, for then going, oh, I want to go to Barcelona, he just wasn't trying. And no. Yeah, and to just stop trying it was just well, it was the last draw it was well, that's, so frustrating that's right I mean if you compare him to someone who was linked um, with a move for a long time was Cristiano Ronaldo he never stopped trying for United yeah. Yeah. but you know. bear in mind Adebayo wanted the same wages as Thierry Henry because he got 30 goals and in the previous season Henry had been there about 8 years exactly yeah. Henry's the highest score, goal scorer they've ever yeah. had and you, yeah. and <laughs> also and, and on your Ronaldo point if anything Ronaldo tried too hard in the Champions League yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, the other thing you've got to remember is how disgraceful was he in the Champions League semi-final well, he just didn't want to play. Yeah, yeah. He just didn't even bother trying. I mean, the spats he had with Nicholas Bentner as well. I mean, oh, I mean yeah. sure it's, it's both of them's fault. It's the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. fault. But, like, you know, you just got to be professional like that. And it, d- it does show emerging. his behaviour. Is that he, you, you're right, he is all about himself. He doesn't seem professional. Just a real lack of class there. Well, Gordon Strachan um, said that when he was a Celtic manager, he said that uh, before Adebayo had a big move to Arsenal and all, he wasn't. He was getting known, but he wasn't quite the, the, the big mm. player, the big name he was now. And he said that he had Adebayo in the office, you know, to Celtic. And he said, I didn't sign him because I didn't like his attitude. Right. Wow. That's what he said, you know. <laughs> it's, it's odd because he does come across quite well in interviews. Yeah, he, he, he looks a bit like Andre 3000. He's quite yeah. cool. <laughs> quite <laughs> smiley face. Yeah, exactly. But it, it's, it's strange that this thing does keep coming up. I think, you know, and he's, he's such a good player. He's playing so, so well at the moment. I yeah. think, I suppose you just got to let bygones be bygones. And but he can't. My message to you, Emmanuel, if you're listening... Break a leg. Yeah, oh, that's not very nice, <laughs> is it? Yeah. But you, Marcus, you know a bit about African football, and you were saying he's not that popular at Togo either. No, he's not. He's not popular with with Togo at all. And he, I mean, he's clearly the biggest name there by mm. head and shoulders. But he's not popular with the fans or with the players. He's none of them, I don't think. Oh, okay. Certainly not with the players in the 2006 World Cup. The players, when the, when he scored, they didn't actually go and celebrate with him. They kind of they they kind of celebrated on their own. Mm. So it showed that he was very dislikable in amongst his own players. And I think that was because of his arrogance and because of his attitude. But they, but I think for them, they're in a catch-22. They recognise that he is their best player, head yeah. and shoulders. So th- and also, when he left Arsenal, th- that wasn't very popular with the fans based in Togo, was it? Because Arsenal are well-loved all around that sort of area, aren't they? Yeah, well, a- and Man City Arsenal, are pretty unknown, I think. Uh, Man City yeah, are very much unknown. I mean, they'll be more known now with the likes of Rubinho going there. But yeah. Arsenal are a huge club in Africa. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You know, another thing, <laughs> sort of this tiny little sort of this air of disrespect from Adebayo is that before the actual game, he was standing in the Arsenal mm. side of the pitch. Yeah, Lee I mean, Dixon was talking about that. Kind yeah. of maybe it's kind of mind games on his part, but it's just a just he needs to have some respect. He needs to grow. Up. Maybe we forget how young Adebayo is. He's only about twenty three. Like, mm. yeah, no, no, true. I mean, yeah, I think it can be all one sided, but I think both sides of the argument have been weighed up here. But um, a friend of mine saw on a, an Arsenal forum. Um, that apparently Van Persie, after the game, when he took his shirt off and gave it to the crowd, he's, he was pointing over at Adebayo and going, eh, that guy's a f***ing wanker. He was is. he? Yeah, yeah. apparently, yeah. Speaking of the shirt thing, I, I read somewhere today that some guy once got a William Gallas Arsenal shirt thrown to him in the crowd, yeah. and he obviously wanted to keep it and frame it or whatever, and so he wrote to Arsenal asking for a certificate of authentication, <laughs> and they wrote back to him asking for it back. 
thought it was true or not, which is what I read today. Oh, Togo, incidentally, a third in the qualifying group, I think. Um, top one goes through, doesn't it? That's right, Cameroon are top. So, they, I, I, personally, I don't think they'll qualify. Cameroon are looking mm. pretty good. Um, mm. but, uh, but we're there, aren't we, James? We are. We've already sorted that right out, haven't we? Yeah. Well, that you mean England, don't you? Well, yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant you two. Yeah, we're there. Yeah. <laughs> we're I'm not an honor- honor- honorary Cameroonian. You know? Well, I thought with Juba and Go and you sort of up top, you might have it covered off. <laughs> we're not, we're we're not a re- nine and then we're sorted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not a republic yet. No, true. Um, yeah, <laughs> World Cup qualification, chaps. Well, that's all happened while I was away in Borney, Scotland, and they didn't do quite as well. So, mm. Is World Cup qualification not big on the agenda up there? Yeah, it is, but they, they got knocked out, didn't they? So they were <laughs> pretty unkey. Kind, kind of the point I'm making. I actually sent you a text saying that um, I thought Scotland would do a job against Holland for loads of reasons. And I was thinking to myself, I hope he doesn't put that in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely magnificent performance from England, though, wasn't it? It was really, really good. They could have won by war. I mean, well, the goalkeeper had a pretty decent game, apart from the sort of Wayne Rooney... Horror show. I thought yeah. England were good. I thought Croatia were there for the taking. Yeah. They didn't have um, one or two players, and I think their one of the fullbacks was yeah, like a midfielder. Yeah, yeah back, I think he was a midfielder or something. But but still, if a team's there for the taking, you got to take them. And we yeah. did, and they're still a good side. Croatia. England have improved since they knocked in, uh, since the Steve McLaren famous night, and and mm. and and Croatia have massively gone downhill. Yeah, 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 yeah. And without Modric as well, who's their, you know, for me definitely their best player. Yeah. Um, so, someone, someone took issue the other day or the other week when I said that um, Kranzkar and Modric are the best Croatian players. Someone emailed in and said, oh, they thought Edward was the best Croatian player. I think that's probably stretching it a little bit, isn't it? Well, I think, uh, I think it's so an argument. Different. I think obviously Eduardo's the man up top that just bags all the goals, but Kranzkar and Modric are the players pulling the strings, aren't they? Mm, that's what I Eduardo think, yeah. needs service. There was, there was a lot of people booing Eduardo, wasn't there? Mm. Um, that's just it, so brainless. That's so, yeah, get really over is. it, man. Well, his ban has been overturned, I think. Yeah, it has, yeah. 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 What, what they, I don't, but especially don't, as Rooney's a bit of a dive. What exactly? <laughs> God. Like I, said, like I said last time I was on, it winds me up that people <laughs> like Ben Thatcher don't get booed. And, you know, all that sort of stuff. If somebody just dives gets booed. It's, don't, it's just, just, just a sheep it. mentality, though, isn't it? You're right, it is brainless. Mm. It is really just sort of... Uh, bad thing happened. Boo now. Can you remember when England fans used to boo Alan Shearer wherever he went? Yeah, for, exactly. for Newcastle. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, Shearer's England career was cut short because of that, which is just genuine tragedy. Stupidity what is what it is. Do you, do, do, do you know um, who I think had the best performance of the night? Go on. The groundskeeper, because Wembley looked a hell of a lot better than it did oh. in the match three days before. Because the the, the pitch against Slovenia was awful. The yeah. ball the ball stuck is up the, and everything. Is the groundskeeper from Newcastle? No, okay, okay, right. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure if people realise, but we went to Villa Park, me and Mark went to Villa Park recently, and the grass is odd, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's like a really weird, it's not sort of grass, I mean, it may sound obvious to most people, but I didn't realise, it's like a really weird, almost like... It's almost like AstroTurf. It's like individual grass blades. Yeah. Mm. It's not mm. like a clump of grass, it's re- very odd. Well, when I used to get, uh, do the um, the hog, hog roast at Leicester City, you used to have to take a little <laughs> shortcut over the corner of the pitch, the pitch, yeah, yeah. pitch. Uh, ro- used to pass Robbie Savage a lot, he used to be doing a lot of interviews. A lot of hog roast. In his suit. <laughs> yeah, um, you'd count the individual blades. Yeah, it's, oh, it's lovely. No, but England, that's good, and, uh, and may the hype machine start to be rolled out. Well, yeah. one thing I <laughs> thought was... Harry Redknapp's already started. Uh, in the uh, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I thought was pretty good actually was was Rooney and Gerrard looked more comfortable um, in their roles. Yeah, for possibly for the first time actually, I thought mm. sometimes they can sometimes get a little bit stuck. I, th- I think hel- it's helpful that Ferguson wants to play Rooney more in the centre. Because mm. for England, sometimes he would go out on the left, which he was sometimes asked to do for United. And no, he, he is your number 10. Yeah, it's a real waste of him to do that. Yeah. I mean, the, the full credits of Rooney, wherever you put him on the pitch, he will just absolutely work his socks off. But, you, you know, 
You've got to have your best players playing in their best position. Absolutely. I, I think, think it's absolutely key to get the best out of Gerrard while we still can as well. And that does mm. seem to be happening, which is superb. And it's nice to see Lampard and Gerrard play well together. Yeah. It's, it's such a sort of... Two apiece. Cliché. But, it, you know, it's based in truth that they sort of hinder each other a bit. And that, that seems to have changed a little. I enjoyed the punditry around the uh, around the last match. To be honest, little fella on Sky News, I noticed. Oh yeah, was it with his dad? With his dad. <laughs> <laughs> a fellow who looked like Jim's dad and Jim on his. Uh, yeah, James or Jim was on there. I thought you did a bit nice bit of chat for the um, the England ladies. Yeah, you I did. did. Yes, I was asked to do that. So uh, yeah, I did. Was did there a, a phone call chat. between you and me just shortly before that, James? Uh, there was, <laughs> but you know, I'd looked into it anyway. You do, you know. There you was know. a couple of phone calls for, between you and I, James. Mainly me going, just mention me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apologise on my behalf. I can't be there. Well, Marcus couldn't be here. Yeah. So, uh, if you want to see my appearance on the news, actually, that's on our blog yeah. the, on the website, thefootballramble.com. Um, so, yeah, no, it was fun, though. It's weird. That studio's like, it's like a spaceship. I mean, you two have been in there as well. Yeah. It's really, it's like mm. this little... They call me, like, the, they call me the captain. It's so <laughs> Picard. <laughs> Pete's banned, that's why everyone's on it. I'm not allowed Pete's in. banned from all news. He's taking his shirt off. Pete's hair is not thick and long enough. No, is that what it <laughs> is? That the rambling. Yeah, you guys got too much hair. Yeah. These wow. freaks. <laughs> your, your hair's like individual blades of grass. <laughs> it's not right. Who are you talking to? You three. <laughs> thick, <laughs> very thick hair. We're not the Bee Gees. <laughs> <laughs> Children are of you, the world. Speaking of which, though, are, you gonna tell, are we going to talk a little bit about the England ladies or what? Well, I want to talk about the second German goal being an absolute beauty. That was a complete pinger. <laughs> but she sh she had a hand on it. It went through goal. a hand. It went through a hand. It went in the top corner from It went yards. through a hand. It doesn't matter. He's got a real beer in his bonnet about women's goalkeepers. Uh, five foot seven. Don't put right. I don't care. Just find George a, Campbell. Find it to five foot eight. So <laughs> oh, there you go. So, oh, so the bang. Difference. There you go. Yeah. And, he, and he's an exception. Yeah. She, she was too short. It doesn't matter how tall she is. At the end of the day, the woman's pinged it from forty <laughs> yards into the top mm. corner. She, it was in front of her hand, and if she had a stronger <sighs> hand, she, that would have been over. And <laughs> she, she got a hand to it. it. To her credit, it was fine. But it just went through corner. her hand. The number nine for Germany, I forget her name, has got 198 caps. And she's got 123 goals. They haven't lost since the 90s, is that no, right? It's something not like in that, that tournament. I'm not sure overall, but not in that tournament. 1993 is the last time they lost. Incredible. They've been to seven European finals, Germany. I, I just think the defending and the goalkeeping, I think it, I think it does a disservice to the women's game broadcasting do? it on television. <laughs> I, I genuinely do. No, no, I genuinely do because I mean the level of the standard of football is not up there with the the, man, the men's game. So you're only going to get unfair comparisons if you expose it to so much uh, viewing. Are you just pretend it doesn't exist. Are you, I, yeah. are you suggesting that the ladies should have a bloke in goal? Oh. Oh, no, no, I'm not suggesting that. I say, should, put, or that they put, should be allowed smaller goals. Put a woman who no, is hard, who is taller than five foot seven. They're all right. Stop having a go. I'm having yeah, a but go. the best goalkeeper has to be your goalkeeper. Yeah, let's focus you on the can't positives. Just go on height. The positives yeah. are the centre. The positives half are the, the girl Carney. She was very good. Yeah, she, she was excellent yeah. the, the, at, the, at points. But and also the centre half Faye White had a Gascoigne style mask. Yeah. Oh yeah, she did. Yeah, remember that. Excellent. A lot of them, it's interesting to see what they all do, actually, because like, one of them is like a full-time mother, a lot of them um, are involved in coaching and stuff like that, but they ha they, a lot of them just have normal jobs, like footballers would have done, say, like 50 years ago, like the, the male footballers and stuff like that. It's, it's interesting to is, see. Is it um, Kelly Smith? Is, is that number 10? She's one, probably yes. one of the best players in the world. Yeah. She plays out in America, doesn't she? Yeah, she a, lot, a, lot them do. a lot, a lot of them do. That's where the best women's football is, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. apparently and apparently, like, in, in, in America, they, are, they do have very, very good goalkeepers. It's just, I just don't understand. I've just <laughs> got really, you've got a real issue. But even the German goalkeeper wasn't great. She, well, she, the, was, she couldn't, didn't cover her angles properly. I just, I just got very upset. In, the, fir in the first round of 11 of the side game, which happened at the end of the month, I volunteered to go and goal because Jimbo can't make 
make it. I'm scared to now. <laughs> I think you're going to be overly critical. I'm the goalkeeper coach. I'm Mike Cooper. Last weekend, the, the Birmingham derby happened. Luke, you were very, very annoyed about the ticket price situation. I, I, t- I tweeted it. You uh, even texted me. I got that for, yeah, it's a disgrace. I mean, the, Villa, the, the tickets for the Villa fans at St Andrews um, were 48 quid. Minimum. That is outrageous. And as far as I'm concerned, you shouldn't have empty seats at a derby game. It's a sad mm-hmm. indictment if you have empty seats. Mm. And I tell you what, David Sullivan, who's incurred our wrath on more than one occasion, is a terrible man. <laughs> Simple as that. Paul I recall, Baron David Sullivan. <laughs> has, has, hasn't Birmingham got a bit of a reputation for doing that sort of thing? I seem to remember a lot of Newcastle fans complaining last year. Well, well, didn't you say... Um, I think Wigan do it as well. I think there's a few, quite a few teams, especially... Palace, sort of, Palace used to do it. Yeah, like the, the, when you get the top teams or the derby team naughty. coming in, they'll jack up the prices massively for the away fans. You're gonna you're gonna refute this because you're gonna talk about Fulham in a minute. But I'm pretty sure Fulham used to do it for Man United, yeah, and, no, that's right, and Chelsea yeah. and stuff. Well, I'm, I am I am gonna come on to Fulham in a sec. But you said that didn't one of your friends, his father, yeah, the first good friend of mine, Andy Edwards, who um, a good rep. yeah, <laughs> who's uh, he's a big ramble listener. He said that um, his old man's been the season ticket holder at Villa Park for a very long time, thirty years, and he goes to all the. Um, Derby's and he didn't go. First time he didn't go. So I'm not, he's not paying £48. It's outrageous. Good. £48. What were you a bum? I That's paid £10 to watch Fulham play Everton. £10. Yes, that's brilliant. That is marvellous. Fulham have like a full section of kind of like, uh, neutral. sort of neutral section, yeah. don't they? I think they're the only club that do it in the yeah. Premier League, yeah, And they're, they're, they're always quite reasonable. They're probably the only club that need it, to be fair, as well, because they do... <laughs> yeah. no, they, no, no, you're to, right. To be fair, right. they do struggle to get it fans. It was brilliant. Cause... It was absolutely brilliant. At the end of the game, when Fulham... Because at half-time, I think everyone was thinking Everton can go win this two or three. Yeah. Um, and then Fulham, obviously, um, Big Boy uh, gave a magnificent team talk on, uh, at half-time, I can only assume. And they came out and, and did the business. And at the end of the game, the, the full-time also went, as it tends to do, and they started playing over the tannoy. I love you, baby. <laughs> Pencil, the, the Ghanaian fullback, is running around blowing kisses. He does a, he does a, he does a lap of honour <laughs> yeah, after every game. Roy Hodgson's yeah. walking off and he's, you know... Phil Brown <laughs> turned up. <laughs> Roy Hodgson, with his suit on, sort of marches off, smiling and chuckling away to himself, shaking the fans' hands as he walked up. Oh, Proper showman. I bet he was thinking, it was brilliant. Yeah. He was thinking, it's all, it's all come up Roy Hodgson again. It was <laughs> brilliant. For £10, the entertainment value was super. Yeah. And there's an actual <laughs> Cottage at Craven Cottage. There is. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> yeah. Go. That, that player who does the lap of, uh, of honour after every... Okay. I mean, they've got a lot of matches to play. The Europa yeah. League oh, and no, stuff. No, no, he's he's going to be exhausted. He's got, great, <laughs> exhausted. he's got great stamina. Yeah, yeah. He's absolutely fine. Good engine on him. Yeah. Brilliant engine on him. Uh, Paul Scholes was sent off. Who <laughs> 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 the funk? <laughs> For a terrible tackle to be as honest, well. Uh, he's just not interested well, in tackling, well, is he? He just finds that bit of the game boring. Ferguson was saying, you know, it was a bad decision, which it probably was not all the rest of it. A couple of minutes later, he'd have done another one, so he was going to go. <laughs> I can't. I just can't understand. Paul Scholes is one of the best players that, that England have had probably in the last fifteen to twenty years. I, I would put my neck out and he's, say he's very yeah. highly rated by his fellow professionals. Yeah, as well. yeah. He, is, he is a superb player and still is a good player. You know, the, he's he's come so far. He's played in so many games in in with regards to finals <laughs> and and Premier League games and England games and so on. And and his game has improved as the years goes on. How come he still is? Shockingly awful at tackling. It's incredible. It's, it's not even doing that. There's just... no other player of that caliber like that. Yeah, who's just got this one glaring mm. problem. How come like Ferguson that? hasn't 
can't, he, well, obviously he can't do anything. I about think it. he can tackle. It's just the silly tackle. He just yeah. does, he just does that too often. Was it, was it the first one that wasn't a book or the second one? I think the second one was. It was very unlucky from what I thought. But and Huddleston went kind down of half and half when his face as well. Yeah, yeah. I think like, what Marcus says though. I mean, it wasn't that one. It'd be a one after it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it is. Re- I mean, it's one of those things. that's like a cliche, but it is true. Yeah. Some things are cliches for a reason. <laughs> and, it, and that man <laughs> simply has not improved that aspect of his game in twenty years. <laughs> that's what I'm no. saying. Yeah, it's, it's the sort yeah, of thing though. you expect like a really tenacious debutant age 17 to do it's, yeah really... it's like he goes into tackles with his heel yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you remember speaking of his tackle do you remember he did a little tackle on his little <laughs> wee pops out <laughs> yeah yeah do you remember that we're off to Spain Ramblers it's like a Sky Sports replay that was quick <laughs> um, Ronaldo uh, scored again for Real Madrid away to Espanyol but he started on the bench mm. yeah. well there was talk that he's, he's struggling to settle in after four Games, yeah. right? <laughs> um, so apparently, like, oh, they, they, they were going to leave him out, let him get his head right a bit, let him settle down, just give him a little run out at the end. He still scored. He'll be fine, won't yeah, he? He will obviously be fine. Apparently, they're saying the same about Benzema, not so much about Kaka, but um, Ricky Kaka, yeah, Ricky Kaka, yeah. yeah. You, 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 you do forget that these are actually, as we say before, you know. And Ronaldo is can be a dislikable fella, obviously, but mm. they are just human beings. He's moving yeah. from Manchester to Madrid. Young human beings as yeah, well. He's, he, yeah, he'll be, he'll be fine. The finest. He's, a, he's <laughs> as obviously he's a different class, and he's got to perform a little bit of a different role as well. At Real, he's, he's playing alongside different players, so it'll take us it'll take us a while. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're real class, like the real Ronaldo, then it's not a problem. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, Ibrahimovic scored again. Yeah. Oh, he did, yeah. Uh, and, and Messi with Barca. Obviously, their uh, their grunge band is going well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Striking up. <laughs> yeah. Good partnership. There's, there's been even more debates in the press recently about Ibrahimovic, whether he's good or not, and he divides so many opinions. I really rate him. Yeah. He yeah. scores loads and is evidently good. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. that's my two pence. <laughs> yeah. You can see from how he plays well. Ah! I brought some emails down from Scotland. <laughs> that's, that's where they're all generated. Yeah, that's where they're from. I have to go up and get them. Uh, James or Jim? You go first. I shall. Hello, Ramblers. This is from Matt Slinger. I am currently the moderator and creator of the Football Ramble tribute page on Bebo. Ooh. I'm hoping you can read out this email so more Bebo-owning Ramble listeners can become fans of the page and get the popularity noticed by others. I'm aiming for 500 fans by the end of the month. The page can be reached by typing Football Ramble Bebo into Google. Thanks to Lukey for his comment on the page. Smiley face. Yeah, I found it randomly on Google, so I just went on it. I had a look, left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, which players have you managed to get an autograph from? Mine was the mighty Craig Brewster. Ramble <laughs> Force. Oh! oh! Craig Brewster? I've got an Motherwell or Dundee United? I've got an autograph story. My mate. Dundee United, I think. Was it? I think Thanks so. for clearing that up. The man, <laughs> the man was a footballing behemoth. It's only fair that you've done, done them a good service. Yeah. This is an Arsenal-related story about an autograph. Tell I've me. said it before, tell me, but it would have been ages ago if I did, so it's worth saying again. Basically, my mate, who's a big Arsenal fan, um, went down to Southampton when it was Arsenal, when Southampton were in the Premier League, and he went down to the hotel where the Arsenal players were staying, right, back in the 90s, and he waited outside all day after a game, yeah, for them to come out, and he tried to get all their autographs, and, like, people like Ian Wright came out, and go, oh, yeah, nice to see you again with an autograph. He was only about, I don't know, he was probably about 12, yeah. and um, all these players came out, and it's like, yeah, no, no problem, and he said his favourite player was John Jensen, right, mm. and apparently John Jensen came out, and, he, and my mate went, oh, John, can I, can I get your autograph, please, and he looked around him and just went... Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise you that is 100% true. Oh, 100% true. That's, that's the only autograph story I've got. Yeah. I, think, I, I think I've got Tony Adams' autograph somewhere, but um, I wasn't sworn at in the process yeah. of it. Marcus, <laughs> any autographs to speak of? Yeah. 
Excellent. <laughs> I got one. I got two. Scott Sellers and Brian Honor. Nobody right. knows who Brian Honor is, no, but he's a Hartlepool legend. Ali McCoist. Oh, good. Oh, that's a good, oh. good one. Prolific. <laughs> I'm surprised he had time in between scoring all those goals to give you an autograph, Mark. Right. That's the, the man he is. Thanks for that, Matt. Anyway. Um, anyway who's next? Uh, shall I go next? Why not, Luke? Um, uh, this is from Mike Green. Um, hi, Ramblers. Hello. I just think it's fair to say a big congratulations to the Blue Square Premier and Oxford and Luton fans in particular, which is hard coming from a Stevenage fan. Mm. I think that an attendance of over 10,000 for a Tuesday evening league game mm. uh, in the Blue Square Premier League yeah. it shows that it's not all about the top few levels in football. No. Um, I just want to draw your attention to it, so keep up the good work. Thanks, Mike. That's top stuff. That's a very fair you, point. You can't argue with that, can no, you? No, right? and we won't. I think since the um, since that level of football's gone sort of pretty much all professional now, um, yeah. I think the quality has has, has improved, and not, there's not that much difference between. For some sort of... reason, I thought you were going to say now it's gone state side. <laughs> <No. laughs> um, I don't think there's that much difference between that and League Two, really. No, absolutely uh, not. So, it's, what's been heartwarming is that obviously Accrington Stanley are in a bit of trouble mm. at the moment, but they've had supporters of other clubs coming to their games to right. actually sort of help yeah, them oh, out, which brilliant. is great. Absolutely which is super, really commendable. Yeah, thanks for that, Mike. Lovely, Mike. Um, uh, Pete. Um, yeah, I've got a, a little email uh, dispatched from Liam Kirby. He says, uh, Hey, Ramble Force, hope this email finds you all well. Whilst I've been wasting my summer idly waiting for university, I found myself listening to old favourites of the Football Ramble. As it is such a wonderful podcast, I felt I had to give something back to all four of you. <laughs> As such, I came up with a nice little jingle for each of you, including some links to previous podcasts. Oh! Right, so we've, got, so we've got four. You can have two. You've got to choose whose limericks you'd want. You, um. you want. I want Pete's. Can I have my own? <laughs> oh, typical. Well, typical. Yeah. Right. Maybe, maybe we'll stick the other two at the end of the podcast. Okay, yeah, After the on music. Keep them listening. All right, this yeah. is mine. Uh, it's for Pete. That's uh, me. Um, <laughs> there was a nice little Geordie named Pete who had a thing for Ryan Giggs' feet. He'd look <laughs> at the toes in his stunning Welsh paws and would pray that one day they might meet. That's excellent. Oh, that nice. Excellent. Well done. You're excellent. not going to be with us all the time, but well done. Well yeah. Excellent, Liam. And uh, Jim's was... There was a rambler named Jim who pointed out that Tim Lovejoy was dim. <laughs> and although we all know Jim wouldn't stoop so low, given the chance he'd batter old Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's, the, Jim's a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, oh, sorry. Do, do, do you want Luke's do you want Luke's and Marcus's now? Yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke's <laughs> is there wasn't there was a chap named Luke Moore. The team he supported was poor. They were good with Big Nuge. <laughs> oh, good. But without him, they're screwed. John Utaka will never score more. <laughs> I can't take issue with any of that. Well, rhyming poor with more was a, a masterstroke in my eyes. Uh, Marcus is, is uh, there's a guy named Marcus Speller who is without doubt a nice fella. He presents the <laughs> podcast and for long may it last. Your ramblings just make our lives better. Oh! Wow. Heartwarming. Superb stuff. This has been Thank a very, very self-congratulatory email section so far, mm. I have to say. Liam and Clitheroe, uh, I salute you? you with both hands. Marvellous. So. I have an email here, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from a young chap called Kevin in Fife. That's in Scotland. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> I know you have. Dear Ramble, last year my class could not behave, so it meant we <laughs> never got practical lessons on the Friday. <laughs> Me and the boys were raging, apart from some of the fatter lads. <laughs> Our teacher, who is a good guy at times, said if we behaved, we could listen to some football stuff. We, n- we never knew what the moron meant. <laughs> He's a good guy. Yeah. We never knew what the moron meant, so we basically carried on with the nonsense and fun. Our t- this is superb. Our teacher put the ramble on, and there was utter silence. We all loved it. Apart from when you talk about old footballers, that's a bit dull. <laughs> <laughs> Go 
good point well made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Note to self. Ed- education, Kevin. Yeah. 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 Footballing education. Yeah. <laughs> um, we behave- Which is getting at school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with the education in this country? I don't know, people. It's just gone we up. are, apparently. It's just gone up a level. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we, be- we, I'm not finished. We, we behaved better and stuff, and we were to get our practical sessions back, but we never wanted them. So we asked if we could get more theory. Thankfully, we did. Towards the end of last season, our, this is quality. Towards the end of last season, our assistant head in brackets wank. <laughs> came in and was saying well done and good job and he noticed the pod on in the background one of you guys on the show swore and our teacher got in trouble we never get the ramble anymore (laughs) I do because I got a computer but most people don't have a comp in the house I reckon some of these animals don't have toilets but I won't hold it against them (laughs) (laughs) Me and the boys are creating havoc now in PE. We always shout ramblefuls ho just randomly in the corridor. And even in uh, the classes, and our assistant teacher can just piss off. That's, that's from Kevin in five. And he ends by saying, we will not give up your fight. In my head, in my head that's Kevin from Home Alone. <laughs> Oh, Pete's oh, nearly dying. Oh, it's emotional. What, Kevin five, you've just made Kevin. Pete's week, oh. month, oh. sod it, yeah. That yeah. was brilliant. <laughs> Pete, was that you that wrote that? <laughs> oh, oh. oh that was lovely. Dare we ask, after the most self-congratulatory oh. email section of all time, yeah. who's going to win the Champ Magic oh. in the bag? Well, I think it's got to be the man with the lyrics. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's put a lot, of, a lot of effort into that. That was Liam. Well done, Liam. Liam, a championship manager, goodie bag. <laughs> we'll be on the way to you, my good man. Funny stories. That was bloody excellent, that oh. was. Thank you very much. Operatic. Yeah. It is the funny stories. Shall I go first? And Luke will go first. Okay, um, we're, we're going to take you back through the annals of time. So if you can imagine yourself in, ni- in the summer of 1994. Oh, I can, oh, I can. The Liverpool Spice Boys and all that sort of thing. World Cup 94 <laughs> um, too. While on holiday, well, this man in question wasn't at the World Cup. No. Um, <laughs> while on holiday in Iron Apra in 1994, an inebriated Don Hutchinson <laughs> <laughs> hid his wedding tackle behind a Budweiser label. Uh, when, a, <laughs> when a bystander's snaps appeared in the tabloids, his manager at Liverpool, Roy Evans, declared, if Hutchison is flashing his cock again, that's out of order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Roy. Hutchison had form. A year earlier, had spotted female students videoing their graduation celebrations in a wine bar, unzipped his flies and announced, zoom in on this. <laughs> He was fined £5,000, dropped from Liverpool's first-team squad, transfer-listed, and eventually shipped off to West Ham, where he was known to fans and teammates as Budweiser. Amazing. Oh that Roy Evans quote is such a typical football quote. Yeah. If Hutchinson is flashing his cock again, that's out of order. That's out of order. That's from the archive, isn't it? Yeah, well, I thought, I thought we'd go back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Memory lane. Who's got the next one? Uh, shall I go next? Peter, yeah, please. go on, then. Uh, well, this one con- concerns uh, Mr. Rio Ferdinand. A caravan park on the North Wales coast is not the most obvious holiday destination for highly paid Manchester United superstars, but holidaymakers at Presthaven Sands in Prestaton found themselves alongside Rio Ferdinand on a £400 family break. 
The England defender joined his fiancée and two sons in a caravan. I presume they're his two sons. <laughs> <laughs> two sons. Um, enjoying the go-kart and other attractions. Haven Holiday said had no idea that Ferdinand was coming until he arrived. He really seemed to enjoy himself, the company spokeswoman said. He was happy to sign autographs and have his picture taken as he mingled affably with other holiday makers. Ooh. Um, some of the other children that were holidaying at the park went absolutely wild when they saw Rio and he spent more than an hour mixing with the crowd. While footballers' holidays are more typically associated with Dubai and the south of France, Ferdinand is known for sometimes breaking the stereotype. He once told the BBC that he travelled around Russia on his own because he was curious about the country. <laughs> Can you imagine that? That's yeah. top work, though, I think. Yeah. That's great. That's great news. Hang on, Rio's just popped in. All right, yeah, it's been a while, oh. boys. Right, Rio, he's lovely right, to have you back. We were yeah, just talking about you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, caravan holidays, Rio, you up for, you, you're into them. Yeah, but well, basically what I wanted to do, yeah, is I wanted to show the kids, like, um, what, like, going on holiday with Uncle Anton would be like if I weren't a footballer. <laughs> hey! oh, oh, yeah, get that, Anton. <laughs> <laughs> Your mum, yeah? <laughs> so, uh, and how did you find Russia? Uh, I just got a plane there and uh, someone else took care of that for me, yeah? Oh, very good. <laughs> And will you be going abroad anywhere soon? Uh, in the Champions League all the time, Marcus. You know it is when I'm me, yeah? It's fucking amazing. <laughs> well, on oh, that note... It's nice to see you anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah. Well. Good, good to see you back in the side at the weekend as well. Yeah, wish yeah. I'd say the same about uh, seeing you guys, boys. I've got a goal, yeah? Yeah, it was, uh, okay. yeah great defender of the Defoe goal, yeah, wasn't it? Up. Yeah, yeah, great, yeah. Nice little <laughs> kick right in your face. Brilliant, yeah. Cheers, Rio. Fuck you, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's profile time. Woo! Um, and Let's all have a profile. Let's, Let's all, all have, have a profile <laughs> now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, now we're you. I'm not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's already been cheapened. Yeah. But <laughs> the man in this profile will certainly get it a little bit more expensive. Uh, it's Herbert Chapman. Oh, a massive. Great man. A great massive. man. The legendary Pioneer. manager. Pioneer. Of perhaps even the modern game, you could well, yeah. you could say, James. But uh, stay with us. We're going to tell you all about him. He was born on the nineteenth of January, eighteen seventy-eight. Eighty-nine years. Eighty-nine and a half years, years before the summer before of love. Before the summer of love. Yeah, yeah. Wowzers. Exactly. Exactly. I don't think sperm race records went back then. So no. let's just let's just. I assume he won it. <laughs> on assumption, playing yeah. the percentages, yeah. he I probably think he won did. it. I yeah. think he did. He was born in uh, Kiverton Park, uh, which is not far from Sheffield. And uh, he had a playing career. He played for a number of sides. Um, it was a bit of a journeyman, actually, a whole host of teams. Um, and it was often, obviously, back in the day, seriously going back a few years there, it was often dictated um, where he would play on whether he could find a job in oh, a certain right. area. What position wow. did he play? He was an inside forward. Oh, of that... course, the position is... That would have been a 2-3-5 formation. That's right, yeah. I mean, we, then, yeah. We don't have inside forwards anymore, yeah, yeah. but that's what he would have been back then. But one of the reasons why we don't have inside forwards is, well, we'll come on to that. Okay, yeah. We'll come on to that. Um, he wasn't a particularly great player. Um, he was hard-working and strong, but uh, he's, he's more known for his um, managerial career. But as, a, as an amateur player, examples of teams he played for, Staley Bridge, Rochdale, Grimsby, uh, Swindon Town, uh, Sheppey United. Um, and he turned professional in 1901 <laughs> with uh, Northampton Town, uh, Sheffield United, Notts County and Tottenham. And he went back to Northampton Town in 1907 uh, as a player-manager. Now, as I said, he, he's, he wasn't a great footballer, but his understanding of tactics and strategy made him one of the legendary managers of the game. Way ahead of his time. Mm. Way well, ahead of his like time. A pioneer. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, um, again, you know, we are talking about... Um, 
early 20th century here. We are going back a long way. Mm. You know, you think of football and you think, well, it just went back to the 50s. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, we... Kevin from Five's going to be bored. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he, he'll be burning things by now, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he'll have found some, uh, some magnesium ribbon in the science labs and just started burning it. <laughs> <laughs> but this metal is important, ruler. Kevin. I'm bloody bored I, of this. I bet he's a nightmare of a metal ruler. I bet he's sharp. Why do uh, I even have metal rulers? Kevin, just weapon. <laughs> knuckle down and listen. This is important stuff. Yeah, you need to learn <laughs> this, Kevin. <laughs> um... At the time, uh, teams rarely uh, had any kind of tactics. It's just crazy to yeah. think. <laughs> it really yeah. is. And Chapman um, <laughs> said, no attempt was made to organise victory. The most that I remember was the occasional chat between, say, two, main, two men playing on the same wing. I mean, this, <laughs> that's not even Sunday football. Do you know something? The, the, you know. When I've, read, I've read a little bit about it, and back in the day, dribbling was seen as the, the only way to play. Yeah, Passing yeah. wasn't even properly established oh, no. then. Yeah. They used to dribble as fast as they could, and the other players used to try and protect them. Well, it's it's, it's, it's yeah. scouts football. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's it is. Yeah, yeah, run yeah. almost, in a sense. Mm. Um... But Chapman set out to change all that, and uh, he saw one of his teams, they lost um, in a match to Norwich City, um, after dominating, and Ch he noticed, and he said, you know, a team can attack for too long. So he thought, well, he, he set about changing the um, the tactical framework for a lot of his players, and he dropped um, a couple of midfielders back to give his forwards a bit more space, draw the opposition defenders out of the penalty area, and encouraged uh, his own defence to pass their way out of trouble. Mm. Um, and he created a style of, of highly organised and, and very counter-attacking football, which, of course, is all part of the game today. Mm. You know, you look at... The, I mean, Manchester United are famous for the way they counter-attack, you know. Mm. Um, but, the, but, you know, this is the guy who really kind of brought it in in the English leagues. In a match that they played um, away at Swindon Town, uh, Harold Fleming, the manager of Swindon, said to Chapman... He said, you have something more than a team, you have a machine, mm. you know, because he couldn't believe the way these guys work together. Yeah. No, nothing was ever really seen like this, you know, in some of the English leagues. Um, but, I mean, Northampton Town were in, in lower leagues, but again, the, the gulf and the divide between the tiers of, of the football leagues wasn't like it, it is today, no. you know. So Chapman, um, he wanted to get North, North, uh, Northampton Town into the football league. But again, at the time, there was no automatic or promotion or relegation. So it, it proved to be quite difficult. But um, So Chapman proposed a new two-division football alliance, which was uh, a four-league, uh, a four-division league setup, which was introduced in 1921. But again, he was ahead of his time. He was mm. suggesting these things much mm. earlier. Um, but in the close season of 1912, 1912, you know, <laughs> uh, he was offered the chance um, to take on a job at Leeds City. Yeah, yeah. Not United, Leeds City. During the First World War, league football um, was suspended. Um, so Leeds City only played in a few regional um, competitions because uh, many players were away fighting and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, uh, Chapman, though, he decided to help the war effort and he took up a position as a manager of a um, munitions factory. Yeah. You know, always wow. getting involved. Yeah. <laughs> always getting involved. Uh, and after the war, he returned to Leeds City, um, but he resigned in uh, December 1918 and... Uh, uh, he, he again he came out of football again and moved to Selby to take up a position as a superintendent at an oil and coke works. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's it's different a world. Yeah, different completely world. different world. Just different kinds of management. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. He loves it. Um, it was around this time that Leeds City were accused um, by a former player of financial irregularities and so on and so forth, and, it, and then the whole thing ended up in... Something's never changed. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and Leeds City were eventually expelled from the Football League. And, uh, and, and and some officials, including Chapman, were banned from football for life. And Leeds City was completely dissolved. 
and the ground Ellen Road was auctioned off and taken over by the newly formed Leeds United. Mm. You see? How things could have been different, Pete. Mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> soon after, he was approached by Huddersfield Town and they appealed against Chapman's ban and it was overturned. So he was back in football. And, and a month later, after uh, being at Huddersfield Town as just an assistant to the, to the number one, he became the, the full manager. Um, and in his first full season in charge in the 1921-22 season, they won the FA Cup. And his, his, his tactics were based upon uh, principles of a very strong and fast counter-attacking approach. Quick passing, Maisie runs from the wingers, crosses in from the byline. All stuff which is just completely... <laughs> Normal today, yeah. and this is playing what that, football is. Yeah. This is playing that formation with two fullbacks and there's three in the middle and five up top, isn't it? That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. this is a two-three-five uh, still. And again, he he was one of the again the pioneers who the, where the manager would control everything at the club. You see that that again wasn't such in place at the time. Didn't he insist upon that as well? Yes, I he think did. that was a real personal crusade of his that he would get. That. Absolutely, absolutely. Which, yeah, again, it's, it's weird how like cricket's gone. Just kind of went the other way with the board and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, the chairman yeah. selectors, that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah completely. Well, the England job in, in football used to be like that until yeah. yeah. reasonably late on. Well, very much so, yeah. Um, and, uh, but again, he, would, he, would, he wanted the, the club's reserves and third teams to play the same style of football as the first team. So when they had injuries, players could come up from the teams and slot straight in. That's what I do yeah. at Barcelona <laughs> stuff, isn't it? Well, of course it is. Yeah, and yeah. look at Wenger with the way he plays, yeah, yeah. you know. But again, back then, this was just really unique stuff. I mean, yeah. can you imagine having your first, your reserves and your thirds all playing totally different games? Yeah, it's stupid, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's absolutely mad, you know. Um, and again, he was one of the first guys to employ a very wide-ranging scouting network to find the right players. You know, mm. he, was, he was quite... He made some really good signings, you know, and not many people were doing that. Was Herbert Chapman a time traveller? I'm going to put it <laughs> <laughs> Did he win a lot of money on horse races and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 did he have a sports almanac? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the future. <laughs> well, he, he won... Um, Huddersfield won their first ever league title in 1923 and 24 season um, under him. By a narrow margin. They were equal on points with Cardiff City, but they won um, on goal average. But the goal average they won by was 0 0.024 That's like, goal. That's, so, that's Formula One gaps, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I had a flip of a coin. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> um, and they defended their title in, in 1924 to 1925. He moved to Arsenal in 1925. This is what he's most known for, isn't this it? Is, yeah. This is where it, where it really kicks off. Again, the offside rule changed at this time, which meant you only had to have two players between um, the attacking player and the goal line instead of three. Mm. So he, he really exploited this, and he signed um, a guy called Charlie Buchan, who was an England international and Sunderland's all-time uh, record goal scorer, and he was his captain. And between the two of them, they came up with this new formation where they moved the, the, the centre-back from a kind of a roaming uh, position in midfield to, to a stopper mm. position in defence. And they brought the insides forwards back to help the midfield, and really the inside forward, that became the decline of that position. <laughs> and this all... Um, so they went from the 2-3-5 to the 3-4-3, or the WM formation, yep. which is, of course, that's the reason why it says that. It's kind of what it spells out um, as, 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 you it, look at the pit, as you look at the formation yeah. itself. So... Um, uh, yeah, he, he, Arsenal during his kind of first few seasons there, they kind of were in the, the mid mid table kind of thing. But he had a five year plan. Um, there's a nice story though. He wanted to sign one of the big players at the time called David Jack, and he was playing for Bolton. And Bolton originally asked for a fee of thirteen thousand pounds, which is almost double the existing record for a footballer at the time. Um, but Bob Wall, who was chap. Chapman's personal assistant at the time told the story. He said, 
when they were meeting Bolton's directors, he said, We arrived at the hotel half an hour early. Chapman immediately went into the lounge bar. He called the waiter, placed two pound notes in his hand and said, George, this is Mr Wall, my assistant. He will drink whiskey and dry ginger. I will drink gin and tonic. We shall be joined by guests. They will drink whatever they like. See that our guests are given double of everything, but Mr Wall's whiskey and dry ginger will contain no whiskey, and my gin and tonic will contain no gin. <laughs> so he basically got these guys drunk and managed to talk them down for just under £11,000. <laughs> <laughs> Good lad. <laughs> Which is a huge margin. Yeah. You know, That's sort of thing Brian Clough would do. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Pioneering, yeah. Just tapping up. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, and this is where obviously Harry Redknapp is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Allegedly. naughty, naughty. But, uh, yeah. I think that's a little bit more innocent than that, to be honest. Yeah, no, no, of course. Uh, they won the 1930 FA Cup final. And uh, they, they, their counter attacking style, they invited the opposition to play a lot of possession in their own half, actually. Mm. And they would soak it up and they would suddenly come up against this wall of defence on the edge of the, the box and boom, they'd hit him on the break. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and as you said, look, a lot of the dribbling style in, back in those days was completely torn apart by the way uh, Chapman's teams would move the ball so quickly. They'd never uh, yeah. seen anything like it. I also think that, I mean, back just before that, with the 2 three, five and that sort of thing, and I've read a little bit about it, it was much more about, we're still more goals than you, so we just score as many as we can. Mm. But what, what Chapman's done there, and it says a 3-4-3 in the WM, but it's really a 3-2-2-3. Three, two, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just gives a whole balance, more balance across the team, and that sort of thing we take for granted now. But back in those days, revolutionary stuff, you know. Oh, it really was. It's also worth noting that Arsenal had never won anything before Chapman came in. Mm. It really is him who made them, even what they are now. That's yeah, right, really, that's right. Really that important. Well, it, it was Arsenal's first title winning season, as you say, James, in 1930-31. to 31. They scored 127 goals in the league. Um, which is still a record. Yeah, yeah. And they also won the league in in 1932. Is it a club to, record to or a record record? It's an overall record, I, I believe. It's an yeah. overall record. They, they um. Because what they also they've got to remember that WM as well, just quickly, is that that went on for a long time. That yeah, formation wasn't really changed until well, like the early. Well, six, we talked late, about late it 50s. in a previous profile with the mighty Maggers, mm. yeah. the great Hungarian side of the fifties, who destroyed England when they played the WM. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to note as well that he, he had like a sort of unremarkable playing career as an inside forward. It's almost like he made it a personal crusade to destroy that position. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like never have to think <laughs> about it. it so badly. Yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd love to sort of play, put like a like a turn of the century team up against a team nowadays, obviously for fitness and stuff, but just the different styles. It yeah. would be unrecognisable football-wise. Yeah. Oh, mm. no, absolutely. Um, Unless you played a Kevin Keegan side, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're eleven a side game, it's a, really is a shame I can't make it. Play a WM. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be amazing. We should real, real football purists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Measure some of the boys. What position am I? You're outside wing half. <laughs> <laughs> You may have won the battle, lads, but we won the war. Yeah, the tactics yeah. war. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Um, and, and unlike many players and managers in Britain at the time, Chapman was a big fan of the Continental game mm. all throughout. I mean, you can imagine the old stiff upper lip, you know, mm. running foreigners. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. worth mentioning, because like you were saying about the Mighty Maggies, England were completely yeah. sort of taken by surprise. But and this, didn't have any interest but in But this is that. well before the 50s. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Chapman was ahead of well, his time again. In 1909, yeah. he took his Northampton side on a tour of Germany and played Nuremberg, amongst others, you know. Mm. And, uh, and, and at Arsenal, he had a series of, of home-and-away friendlies against the likes of uh, Racing Club de Paris. Um, and he... 20 years before the European Cup proposed a European-wide competition. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he would regularly play teams um, take teams abroad to play foreign sides. Another thing's worth noting, he was one of the first managers to consider signing black and foreign players as mm. well. Uh, Walter Tull was um, one of the first uh, black professionals in the game, and I think he signed up for Northampton Town in, uh, in 1911. Uh, he attended a night match uh, in, in Belgium in 1930, and, and he became um, an advocate of floodlights. Yeah. 
Again, crazy. <laughs> but but he did. Um, Presumably they had them in Belgium. <laughs> yes, I think so. But he uh, he he had lights installed in Highbury's uh, uh, West Stand um, in 1932. But again, it would they have to wait till the 50s for them to be used. Of course. Yeah. Um, it, he uh, was very instrumental in, in the building of, of a lot of these stands. You know, the the the, the clock end. He put in the he wanted the clock in there, which was of course the old clock end at Highbury. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and also he's credited with being behind the renaming of London Underground's uh, station, Gillespie Road Station, to oh, Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he designed the scoreboard and the turnstiles at the stadium. He, really, he was all over it, yeah. Yeah. absolutely across it all, you know. Um, he also um, advocated the use of white footballs and numbered shirts. I believe, now, Luke, you were saying that he wore white football boots. I believe he was the first footballer to ever wear, this is in his playing days, to ever wear to, to wear white boots because he said it would make it easier for his teammates to identify him. Yes. Wasn't, is there not something to do with socks with stripes on That's well? right. He yeah. added hoops to Arsenal socks to make it easier for the players to pick each other out. Hmm. Um, I miss those hoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they'll be back. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, and also he changed Arsenal's kit, adding the white sleeves because uh, it was an all-red shirt before. So, as you say, James, the whole kind of... Arsenal as we know it were hugely influenced by mm, this definitely man. I mean people talk about Wenger as a pioneer and it's, it's even bigger than that mm. massively mm, so I mean, yeah. it's fundamental changes to the way the game is played I mean I don't know do you think do you think changes that big could be implemented now is the game yeah, well, too rigidly it's already evolved so much hasn't it you've only got to look at how hard goal line technology is to get in. <laughs> yeah that's very true um, Arsenal in the 1933-34 season they started very well and mm. were sitting top at Christmas uh, sadly, Chapman, he became ill and died quite suddenly of pneumonia in January 34, which is obviously a real shame, but um, his legacy still lives on, and, and in 2003 he was inducted into the English Hall of Fame in recognition of his Im- impact as a manager. Only um, in 2003? Yeah, That's incredible. I know, I know. You know how slow the FA is. And a blue plaque uh, commemorating Chapman was also unveiled in March 2005 in Hazelmere Avenue in London, where he lived from 1926 until his death. And, and uh, according to the writer of his um, obituary in The Times, it, it, it read, uh, the full effect of... This was obviously just after he died. Um, the full effect of his influence on the game cannot be gauged yet, and it also remains to be seen whether or not there will be disciples who will carry on his work of popularising football, making it attractive to the shilling-paying public. Well, I certainly... We can gauge it now. Yeah, yeah. And think... it has had a huge impact yeah. on today's football. So come on in. So come on in, Herbert Chapman, to the Demon Dust Hall of Fame. Welcome. I'm sure you'll have much to talk to Brian Clough about. Have a seat over there with Tony Yaboa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sad uh, we're 12 years behind the England Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, we are, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the pod. I do hope you've enjoyed yourselves. Um... If you want to get in touch with us, the email address is podcast at thefootballramble.com. Check out our website, which is, of course, thefootballramble.com. We've got some good blogs up there. Uh, we've got the Jim Love Toy and Danny Dyer's Friendliest Men. <laughs> uh, Pete, you've got something to say about the downloads? Yeah, well, I'm in the old uh, shows. If you're looking for old shows, they're going to be temporarily unavailable. We used to be able to get them over at Jellycast, but it's uh, we're going to be putting them up on the main Football Ramble site as soon as we can. So just hang fire. If you're looking for the old shows, if you can't get enough of the Football <laughs> Ramble... In the unlikely event. <laughs> yeah, in that one, break glass for uh, emergency old shows. Uh, just get yourself to thefootballramble.com and they'll be up very, very shortly. All right. Marvellous. Say goodbye, James or Jim. Bye. Say goodbye, Pete. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Lukey. Bye. And it's goodbye from me. We're all off to spend the weekend in Rio's caravan. Cheers. <laughs>
Right, okay. Ah, ha, ha. What in 20 asses was that? Absolute class. Some of these animals don't have toilets. We never get ramble anymore. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 